When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you're listening to episode 419 of Sustainable Minimalists. This is a show about intentional and eco-friendly minimalist living, and on today's show, we're laying out a blueprint for how exactly to have a holiday season that aligns with your values. For so many of us, myself included, the holidays tend to sweep us up, take us away, and then spit us out come January, (laughs) don't they? And if you find yourself feeling in January that you're frazzled, you overspent, and you didn't even get to enjoy the holiday season, well, this episode is for you because we're no longer doing any of that. Not this year, not next year, never again. The sad truth, and maybe you've realized it, the sad truth is that there is a human being behind the scenes making the Christmas magic for everybody else. And if you're listening to this show, I'm willing to bet the magic maker is you. I want my household's holiday celebrations to be more about giving to others outside of the home, but I never get to do that. That never happens because I'm running ragged, making the magic for my core four, for my household. I'd also like to enjoy Christmas myself. It is my favorite holiday. But in years past, I just simply haven't been able to because I've been busy crafting perfection for everybody else. So say it with me. Not this year. Today, I am speaking with Desiree Andres. She is the host of the Minimalish podcast. Excellent podcast, by the way. She also has a new journal out just in time for the holidays. It's all about getting intentional with your holiday season. It's titled Your Minimalish Holidays, A More Intentional Season in 30 Days. And so today, Desiree and I are really drilling down on how we can make sure that this is the year in which we don't get swept up and taken away by the holiday hoopla. Desiree, so thrilled to have you on this show a second time. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be on again. Thank you for having me. Well, I believe it's been about a year, year and a half since your first appearance on the show. So tell us, what have you been up to? Well, a lot of things <laughs> in that in that time frame. I uh, I had been teaching, I think, when I was on here last, um, or I was just going back to teaching. And I stepped away from teaching, kind of went full-time into podcasting. And also, uh, I had another baby, so she's one and a half now. And that's kind of another reason why I'm home again and stepped back from teaching. So you've been really darn busy, and I thank you for 
giving me some time. I can't imagine year and a half year old writing a journal slash book. Amazing. We're talking about the holidays today, and specifically, we're talking about making our holidays more intentional, our celebrations. They can very easily get out of control. I'd love to start today, Desiree, by you telling us about your holiday celebrations as a child, because I do believe, at least for me, that when I think about the holiday celebrations I'm spearheading for my own children, I have to first look backwards because my own childhood Christmases really do influence the way I'm Christmasing as an adult. So let's start there. Tell all of us about your Christmas celebrations when you were a kid. Yeah, I can fully relate to that same idea. It really, the past kind of lives in you, especially with when there are times of year that are really steeped in tradition, like the holidays. And so my holidays as a kid were really wonderful. Actually, my mom um, grew up not celebrating holidays. And so when we were kids, she like went all in celebrating them and making them above and beyond for us and very magical. But the main thing that I've had to kind of overcome as an adult, because my values are a little bit different, is I always had the big pile of gifts under the Christmas tree. So we celebrate Christmas. And um, yeah, that was like the focus of the season. There was a magical aspect to it. And that was what was exciting for my brother and I. So as now an adult and a parent, uh, both my my husband and I had that same experience, actually. So we both value stuff um, less and we don't want stuff to be the center of our holidays. So yeah, that's, I think, the big thing that comes back to haunt me. I, I say it, I'm being dramatic because really the holidays were great as a kid. But as I'm trying to to make traditions as a parent, if that makes sense. It does. And I'm thinking about my own childhood Christmases. There were piles, and I do mean piles, of gifts under the tree. And so I always constantly go back to me as a kid. And my holidays also were magical. But were they magical because of the gifts? Or were they magical for some other intangible reason? And again, as a parent, I mean, I think it's natural to, especially if you're a minimalist parent or more of an intentional giver, when you look under the tree that you put the presents under the tree on Christmas Eve, the kids are asleep upstairs and you're looking and it may seem sparse in comparison to what you had as a child growing up. There's a disconnect there and there's an opportunity to wonder, well, wait a minute, did I do enough? Did I not do enough? And so let's talk about gifts. I mean, that's the big one, right? Christmas has really become the gift-giving holiday. In your journal, you suggest that we reflect on the ways in which material items, especially those gifts, play into our holiday celebration. So what do you suggest we do if... After we do this hard work of reflection, what do you suggest we do if we don't like what we see? Yeah. So I think, you know, if you reflect on what stuff looks like in the holiday seasons for you and what what it's looked like in the past couple of seasons, because I think it's important to reflect on, yeah, those childhood holidays, but also like 
what's it actually been like the last couple of years for you? And you see that there really has been a focus on stuff. And and maybe your values have changed even since last year. It's really hard to change, especially if we've got kids that remember from year to year, right? It's really hard to change. Um, But someone mentioned to me one time that I, I was kind of having that struggle because even though I've you know, minimalism has been a part of my life since my daughter was very young. But there have been years where I kind of got caught up in it. And I I put a little bit more under the tree than I wanted to. And then the next year I worried, like, okay, (laughs) is she going to remember, you know, is it going to be enough? Um, Someone told me what happens if they're actually disappointed? Like what happens if they wake up and they feel disappointed with the amount that's under the tree? So what? And it's not to say like, so what if your kids feel sad? Of course, we want this to be a magical holiday season for them, at least, you know, depending on what you celebrate and how you celebrate. We want to make the season joyful for for the whole family. But at the same time, if there's a level of disappointment from a change that we're doing in our lives from our kids, like we have to just work through that, right? It might come. And I think, you know, we just have to kind of work through those hard feelings and realize that the aftermath of it is going to be that if we have less stuff under the tree um, or if we just a less focus on stuff during the holiday season in general, and then therefore we've had less stuff come into our homes, then our kids are going to end up maybe after that initial moment of maybe disappointment, our kids are going to end up being more involved and focused on the play that they do because they are not going to be completely overwhelmed and overstimulated by the amount of stuff. That's kind of something that I remind myself that, okay, I can't make it perfect. And if it is going, if there is going to be a level of disappointment there, well, I can't fully avoid disappointment in my kids' lives, you know, but what I can do is I can hold tight to our values as a family and I can just move forward with that and know that it's it's going to be okay because it's really it's not that serious because it's stuff. I'm thinking about my own childhood. My mom very nearly killed herself and that is hyperbole, but she worked really hard every single year to make sure that the Christmas magic through stuff was strong in our house. And yet There were still years, especially as I got older, that I was disappointed. Maybe I didn't get the it item I wanted, or maybe, I don't know, I don't even remember because, again, these disappointments were so superficial. But my point is that disappointment is a fact of life. And if we as parents are trying to make the holiday season holly jolly 100% magical, then we're setting ourselves up for failure because that's just not real life. And so that brings me to my big question that I've been dying to ask you, which is that, you know, for many of us, and especially the mothers listening, the Christmas magic doesn't just happen. It's a parent. It's somebody behind the scenes breaking their backs to make the holiday magic occur, sacrificing our peace to make that holiday magic. So I think it's important to remember that Christmas is not just for the children. It's not just for everybody else. It's not just for everybody that's coming over for dinner. It's also for us. 
what are your best thoughts for making sure that we don't break our own backs, ruin our own holidays in sacrifice for everybody else this year? Yeah, I love that question so much. I The first year I ever put anything out, um, any kind of reflective uh, journaling out for the holidays was the first year I had a podcast, which was five years ago. And I just put out a couple of reflection questions and, you know, journaling space, a printable version. And what I created this year has really stemmed from that. And that little like packet of papers was all about making sure that you don't miss the things that you love about the season because of what you just said. You know, the the holiday magic is a lot of times the mom. And I mean, in my household, my husband really helps with it too. But it's a lot of times the mom breaking her back to make this magical stuff happen. And uh, then do we end up at the end of the season just like completely burnt out? And, you know, everyone's sitting around the tree and you're just like too tired to even remember what's happening. And And then when your kid does experience disappointment and expresses that because they have no filter, then you feel terrible that you just did all of that, right? So why are we doing that to ourselves when the biggest thing that I've been reminding myself this year is that when our kids are younger, they make their own magic. As we started recording this, my daughter came bouncing down the stairs, you know, looking for Christmas decor because she knew that where her plates were because we have a couple of like we have one Christmas bowl and plate for her that she likes to use. And she comes running up the stairs with him. She has Christmas music playing on Alexa up there. Hopefully nobody can hear it. But she she's just like it's November 1st when we're talking and she she's starting the season magical I didn't suggest any of that. Like she asked me if we could decorate today and I said, no, (laughs) we're not doing that yet. But she's excited. If I try to start now, like making it magical for her, like, oh, I'm going to play off this. I'm going to get some, you know, look on Pinterest and find some holiday crafts and I'm going to start my shopping now and make this a huge list. And if I really feed into that, then one, she's going to start relying on me a little bit more, a little bit more for that magic, right? And then I'm going to start getting burnt out already from November 1st. So uh, another thing too, this morning, it snowed a little bit, like a very little bit here in Pittsburgh. And she was just so happy. She was outside playing in this like minuscule amount of snow that the leaves were basically covering the snow. And she just found it so magical. So I keep telling myself this year specifically that kids make their own magic. Kids make their own magic. And they are going to – it's not that we can't do anything. Like there are things that that I love about making the magic of this season. And I know there are things that any parent probably thinks – like there are parts of it that some parents think are terrible like the elf. And I, I actually enjoy that part because we keep it very simple and we do that in our house. I do enjoy it. It's it's fun to see the magic in that. But there are other parts that that I don't love. And I think if we just focus on those parts that we too love and we make the magic from there and we kind of keep it that keep it at that. But then also remember what you love about the season. And that is part of, you know, what the journal is all about is reflecting on what actually matters to you. What do you want your season to feel like? And really reflect on those things and and make them happen. Like I enjoy baking and I enjoy holiday flavors. So if I focus on bringing that into our house over the season, 
that's going to be magical for me and my daughter because she will love that too. If I focus on the music because I enjoy the music, well, my daughter's going to love that too. She already started. <laughs> so I think if we if we focus on the things that we love and, and if we focus on the way we want our homes to feel, then our kids are going to feed off of our joy. But also if we take a step back, then they're, they're going to enjoy the parts that they enjoy about it. They're going to make their own magic. What you just said there, Desiree, really is life-changing for me. (laughs) And I don't say that lightly. What you said is that kids make their own magic, especially young kids. I have nothing to do with it. If I did nothing for Christmas, if I put no decorations up, if I maybe just had people over for dinner and served some ho-hum thing that we serve every, you know, Tuesday night, it would still be magical because the magic is in the child. And so that takes a lot of pressure off of me, doesn't it? I don't have to create the magic because the magic is already in them. One of the pieces to your journal that I really loved was your suggestion that we make yes lists and no lists, but not for anybody else, especially the moms listening. We tend to sacrifice, or at least I tend to sacrifice what I want in favor of what I think everybody else wants. But the yes list and the no list is for me only. And so I'd love it if you gave some, first of all, defined what the yes list and the no lists are, and then give some examples of what might be on them. Yeah. So the yes list and the no list are basically just like, what do I want to say yes to in this season? And what do I want to say no to? And so the idea is to really reflect on, I mean, Ideally, you're reflecting on the things that you've done in the past during the holiday season or maybe the things that you feel pressured to do um, during the season. So if you are reflecting on those things, then you might make a big list, right, of all the things you feel that you have to do, all the things that you feel pressured to do, all the things that you've done in the past, whether it's events that you attend or errands that you need to run traditions that you've started, whatever, like you're listing all of it, whether it's has good connotation or bad connotation when it comes up in your mind. So list it all out. And then you really reflect on maybe you start circling, like, what are the things that I for sure want to say yes to? And maybe there will be things that you have to do or that I don't know. Obviously, you could say no to whatever you wanted, really. But there are things that are important to the whole family. Right. And Um, you know that that's going to be like a have-to thing. But looking at your yes list, you really want to focus on what are the things I want more of in this season and the things I want to focus on, the things that are most important to me. And they can be, you know, the deeper things. Like I want more connection with my family. I want that to be a value in my season. And then, you know, if you have something abstract like that, then you're really going to start to think about, okay, well, what could that look like? What what could I say yes to to have more connection? Is it just like family movie nights or is it driving around the neighborhood to look at lights together? Maybe you already wrote those things down and you realize that those connect with that value of yours. And then as you're looking at that list, you can also, (laughs) I guess you could cross things off or you could write them separately like on a no list. Uh, And that no list is, it could be anything. I don't know. The things that come up in my mind are like, when, when I'm first writing a no list, a lot of times, like, it's like, I, I'm going to say no to the pressure to, I don't know, match someone else's gift to me. And 
I don't know if that phrasing makes sense, but basically I always feel pressure when I'm in gift exchanges, like with family, extended family. Like I'm always feeling like based on last year, what they got me, like I feel like I need to match that gift in some way or, you know, I need to make sure I'm spending the same amount, which I just, I think that's so silly. Like why, why do I feel that pressure? So that would be one that comes up first on my no list. The, the season that just passed the fall, one of the things that we've done a lot in the past is like go to multiple pumpkin patches. And this year we just didn't have time. We enjoy that, but we didn't have time and we realized that it gets expensive. And so that was our no list is not that we're not going to go to any, but like one, one is enough and let's go to like the chillest one. And, and so thinking about events, maybe there's an event that you always feel pressured to get your kids to. And it's really fun for them. Maybe a light up night. Like that's one that I think of that. I know my kids would enjoy it, but also it's always very cold and crowded. And maybe that's something I'm going to say no to in this season because I've got a one and a half year old, you know. So those are just some examples of maybe deeper things that might end up on a no list and then more surface level. Like, why do I feel the pressure to even do this? It's, It's not necessary for me to push myself to do this in this this holiday season, at least. I love all of that. And I especially love your thoughts there with regard to gifting, what somebody gifted you last year. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about comparison. I also want to talk about the fact that, you know, for some of us listening, the holidays are not all that joyous. I'm going to ask you about all of those things, but we have to take our ad break, everybody. So we're going to take that ad break. And then when we come back, we're going to hit all of those topics. I'll see you in a minute. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items, and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch. They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love 
Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. And we're back. Today I'm speaking with Desiree Endries. She is the host of the podcast titled Minimalish, formerly the With Intention podcast. She's also the author of the new journal. It is titled Your Minimalish Holidays, A More Intentional Season in 30 Days. And I must say, I went through the journal. I executed the exercises. That's not right. I conducted the exercises. I went through the exercises and the things that it brought up really gave me pause, especially when I reflected on my own childhood and how my own childhood memories influence, impact the way I do holidays as an adult. One of the biggest ones was the fact that, you know, my mother, she decorated to the nines. Well, she wanted to decorate to the nines and my sister and I were like her little decorating minions and we did all the decorating and then she critiqued it and then changed it all. And it wasn't like an hour of decorating the house. It was probably a full Saturday and it actually wasn't fun. And so I realized through your journal, Desiree, and I thank you for this, that the fact that I'm so minimalist in the decor is because through my childhood, I actually, it, that wasn't fun. Like that was a stressful and interpersonal conflict ridden <laughs> aspect, which was the decorations. And so I loved realizing the why behind my minimalist decor. So before the break, we were discussing your, your concepts of the yes and no list there are some aspects to the holiday season, of course, that we can put on our yes list or put on our no list, but there are countless other aspects to this season that we just cannot control. We cannot control whether or not our radical uncle brings up politics at the dinner table, or we cannot control whether my mother-in-law goes overboard in giving gifts to my daughter. Like these are things I just simply can't control. How would you say we can simplify our holiday celebrations so that we focus more on the things that we can control? And how does focusing on the things we can control give us the breathing room to handle when they pop up the things we can't control? That's a really loaded question. Just take it away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the first thing that pops into my mind that I feel like I have an answer for, because I'll say this, that I wrote this not out of being like an expert on how to handle (laughs) all the hard parts of the season, right? A lot of it has to deal with my own reflection and reflecting on the things that have been hard for me in the season. But one of the things that I get the question on a lot as a podcaster who talks about minimalism is the gift thing. So you mentioned like a mother-in-law bringing in a ton of gifts. I think that is a question that is asked often in a way of like, how can I try to control this, right? What can I do to control this? And one of the things that I always suggest, whether it's a birthday party, whether it's Christmas time, um, when it comes to others bringing gifts into our home, is just to 
take kind of like, I, I don't know, the the easy way out and just say it is what it is. <laughs> the reason for that, especially during the holiday season, is that we are going to be seeing these people more often, most likely. Maybe they live far away and that's not the case of someone who's listening. But most most often during the season, we are seeing extended family more than we would other times a year. So I personally don't want to ruffle feathers and like send a message to my mother-in-law, just hypothetically speaking, like <laughs> um, a couple of weeks before and be like, hey, this is the gift list. Like, please make sure you buy something off of it or please no gifts this year. Like, I don't want to say anything that is going to make her offended or in any way, even if it's not even if it's a toxic relationship, like I just don't want to go there during this season because I want to protect my peace. Like we've been talking about, this can be a season where we feel all this pressure on ourselves to do all of these different things. And then we're also trying to control other people so that we have less stuff in our homes. If we keep the control on what we can do to have less in our homes, if that's part of the stressor, stressor of your season, which for many of us listening to a podcast where we talk about minimalism, then it is, right? We know that the aftermath of having a bunch of new stuff in our homes is is part of the stress. I think if we can focus on on what we're bringing in personally, then it will help. But when it comes to things like stressful relationships with family members and people that you clash with that you know you're going to have to see, I have had my fair share of just like overly stressing about these types of things uh, and, and what family parties I didn't really feel I wanted to go to because of something that had happened earlier in the year. And I think, it, yeah, if we do focus on simplifying the other parts of the season and also focus on our joy throughout the season and, and doing the things we love about the season, then then maybe we won't be so <laughs> overwhelmed and tense when it comes to those moments. Um, but at the same time, I I also think, you know, it's, it can be unavoidable and the the hard parts of the season can be unavoidable, whether it is tense family relationships or just like grief and and dealing with your first Christmas without someone really important to you. Those are just hard feelings. So yeah, I do think if we focus on on simplifying the other things, we'll be maybe more equipped to deal with those things. But also, yeah, it, it can just be hard. You're totally right. If I'm going overboard in all the things to make the season magical for my kids, and I am running myself ragged from, I don't know, mid-November to December 24th, then on Christmas Eve dinner, I am going to have no reserves available to deal with the radical uncle who's bringing up politics at the dinner table, and I am not going to respond with my best self, because my best self left weeks ago. <laughs> and so I think simplifying the whole season means that when we meet an inevitable hiccup <laughs> or an inevitable, I don't want to say conflict, but trouble, uh, bump in the road, let's say, we have the reserves within us to best handle it. We're not going to handle our political uncle or our overbearing mother-in-law or whatever the thing is, we're not going to best handle it if we've run ourselves ragged throughout the whole season. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's exactly true. And, you know, putting those boundaries in place when we come to the, <laughs> these family interactions 
it's going to be harder to do that when we're just already so tired and so overwhelmed. So absolutely. Well, my last question for you, Desiree, has to deal with the commercialized ideal holiday versus reality. So I feel like for most of us, the ideal holiday is something that we've seen in a commercial, let's say, or in, I I don't know, a social media post, or it's a idea that's been fed to us through some marketing executive that's getting paid a lot of money each year to feed this image to us. Maybe it's the perfect tree and the outside, you know, there's a slight snowfall, but it's not a, it's not a blizzard. It's not a blowout. (laughs) Uh, There's presents under the tree. They're perfectly wrapped. Everybody's smiling. Everybody looks great. There's no fighting. There's no disappointment. The mother is cool, calm, relaxed, and chill, and definitely not burnt out. However, the commercial, the literal commercial holiday and reality, there's often this big chasm between the two. Do you have any thoughts for maybe bridging the gap or if not bridging the gap, just perhaps embracing reality as opposed to the marketed version of the holidays that we've been fed since birth? Yeah. Well, there's that marketed version that We've been fed all these years, and we hear it in the Christmas songs, right? But there's also now a whole other beast of social media and seeing everyone else's perfectly curated holidays, right? Because they're they're only putting up the pictures of the the good parts and the beautiful decor that took forever to to hang or whatever. I, I don't know even. I <laughs> I do not do well with home decor. But yeah, so so we get it double now because not only do we see it in a commercial and see it in a Christmas movie, but we can see it all day long if we want to just scrolling on our phones. So I think, you know, the the end of the journal focuses on contentment. And I think that the, that is what we need when it comes to comparison and comparing our holidays to other holidays is to focus on how do we become content with our actual like holidays that are right in front of us? And one way that I always focus on contentment personally, not that it's like a perfect solution, but it's just one small thing that can help is gratitude. So having, and this is every day, not just the holidays, but focusing on gratitude in this season is really important. It is a season that is so commercialized Um, Also, consumerism is rampant to focus on what is in front of us and even, you know, teaching our kids about gratitude in this season. It's a really great season to do that. We've got Thanksgiving. We've got also just, you know, a season where they might be seeing commercials if they watch TV. They might be um, focused on like if they get their hands on those, you know, Amazon magazines that come in, they're thinking about getting more and more and more. So focusing on gratitude is is a really good way that we can focus on our own, what it actually looks like, our own holiday season, and be grateful for it and and see that as the beautiful season that it is. Another way to become more content, and I think that it's readily available to us in the holiday season, is focusing on people and community and in real life people. Obviously, you know, we all have different situations, what our 
family life looks like and and friendships and everything like that. But if you can focus on getting around in-person people <laughs> or even maybe you're FaceTiming people, maybe you live far away from family, but talking to people in, in real conversations, you'll see that like you said, it's not reality, right? Um, I always say, you know, if you want to feel more normal <laughs> in the struggles that you have, just just talk to a good friend or just talk to other people. I I recently started um, going to, last year I started going to a mom's group and then we moved and I started going to like a homesteading group, just very random because I'm not a homesteader, but it was just a group that <laughs> a friend went to and it was a group of women. And I don't know these women, but just the conversations that are happening. So it's not like these people I've built up friendships with, um, but just hearing like, oh, they're struggling in parenthood too. This person has fears when we're talking about homesteading. This person has fears of this happening in the world too. And this person, you know, just realizing that other people have stuff going on too. And their holidays don't look perfect either. So when we get around people, not only is it just nice to to be around people that you love, but also it's helpful in just seeing real life, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And it's a great reminder that the marketed version of what the holidays do look like, it's not real life. Real life is not your model husband (laughs) giving you a car for Christmas (laughs) with a big bow on it. That's not real life, right? I mean, and I say it as a joke, but I also say it as a reminder to everybody. What is marketed to us is a fictionalized and perfected version of life. It's not real life. And so part of what makes, to your point, part of what makes the holidays the holidays is the messiness, the interpersonal energy, connection, the thing that happens between people. I think that's what the holiday magic is. It's not the car in the driveway with the big bow. It's not the mounds of presents under the tree. It's the interpersonal connection with the people you love and with the people who love you back. So Desiree, let's talk about your journal. What is it? What can we find in it? Where can we find it? Tell us all of it. It's a 30-day journal, and it's meant to kind of just be your companion through the holiday season. It's a good way to remind ourselves throughout the season, what are our values uh, and how can we continue to implement those in a messy, imperfect season and in a messy, imperfect way, um, but still just keep our focus on what matters. Yes, and I must just say personally, as I worked through the journal, I was reminded that Christmas is my favorite season and Christmas is also for me. Like it's not just for me to be of service to others, to cook the meal, to create the magic for my kids. Christmas is my favorite season. So I best be doing what I love as well. Yeah. I think as adults, like my dad would always say (laughs) when I was growing up, like, uh, I just, I used to like Christmas, but I don't like it anymore. (laughs) He would just be the grump. I mean, we love him, but that's what he would always say. And my mom always called him the um, Scrooge. And it's I think it's because, you know, adults get that way because we do. We just we throw out, Okay, we we now have kids. So now everything we loved about this season all these years is just done. And why? Why would we do that? We can 
love, still love the things we love about it and do the things we love and bring them in with us. And they get to experience it in a totally different way. That's not just like so focused on them and, and their, the magic of that we're creating for them. Yes. And one more thing. I'm going to piggy, you piggybacked off me. I'm <laughs> piggybacking off of you. Let me just say too, that I believe that if we can give our children memories of holidays, Christmases specifically, in which their mothers were happy. So if we're happy in our children's memories and not running ragged and not stressed and not crying and not screaming, and we're we're genuinely happy and relaxed, that's the best Christmas magic we can give our kids. Desiree, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm linking to Minimalish and I'm linking to your journal in this week's show notes. I wish you the most magical and intentional holiday season. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and back at you with the magical and intentional season. Listeners, that's a wrap. It's time to say goodbye. Show notes are at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 419. I've linked to Desiree's podcast and her new journal in this week's show notes for you to check out. I have a cold. Maybe you've noticed I my voice is not what it normally is. So I'm just going to say I'll see you tomorrow for headlines. As always, reach out if you need me. You can find all those links in the show notes as well. I'll see you tomorrow and take care. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.